Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. What are the benefits of living for a cause higher than ourselves? Is it worth the effort? And what does the Bible say about this topic? These are all questions we'll explore in today's episode titled Living for a Higher Cause. It's important to point out that living for ourselves will earn some level of fulfillment, security, and for some even prestige, but will that be enough to satisfy us in the long run? Perhaps the costs and benefits of generosity and service yield a much higher reward. Now let's see where today's conversation takes us. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And we're excited to be talking about the topic of living for a higher cause today. And before we get into that, I just want to um, give you the opportunity to grab a hold of a free e-course that we offer uh, on Giving Light's website. So that's givinglight.org slash classes. And we have a class called Everyday Justice. That's a real short class um, and it's totally free, uh, but it just offers some really uh, great video content for how to be a, an instrument of justice a voice of justice in your everyday life. So whether you are, um, you know, in, in big scale influence of government or, uh, w- or education, whatever your vocation is, or whether you just want to be a voice of justice in your home with your family, uh, it's just a really great resource uh, that is available for you. So again, that's givinglight.org slash classes. And this class is called Everyday Justice. So let's get into our topic for today on living for a higher cause. So who wants to start us out? What are we talking about when we say living for a higher cause? Well, for me, simplistically speaking, it's having a heart of sincerity, of purity, having a a genuine internal motivation to to serve something greater than ourselves, something higher than ourselves. I know for me, you know, this life that we live is short, it's temporal, And so living for a higher cause is living towards eternity, realizing Mm -hmm. that the life that we live now is temporal, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's living for eternity, not not living um, just for the the momentary this momentary life. Yeah, one of my favorite scriptures in um, Psalm one nineteen it says, uh, "Turn my eyes from the worthless things and give me life through your word." Mm. And that just always speaks to me because I think as human beings uh, we're very wired to focus on ourselves, um, to live for our own needs, for our own satisfaction, for our own wealth. Um, but the way of the kingdom is actually opposite of that. It's actually um, Jesus uh, so. Loved Loved the world that he gave, or God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Um, and so his very nature is generous. His very nature is giving. Um, and, and so it kind of tilts our natural nature of, of wanting to live for ourselves. So living for a higher cause really is um, just living for something greater than mm-hmm. ourselves for a, a life that is beyond time and space into that eternal perspective. When we advance the kingdom of God or invest into what he really loves, which is people, Mm -hmm. that is serving a higher cause. So we're giving of ourselves, we're serving, we're investing, we're loving, we're caring, we're nurturing others because we know how the heart of the Father values those individuals. And that's why I think serving community is serving a higher cause, making investments into things that don't even necessarily benefit us personally, but it's really living with that generous spirit. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, you're speaking my language. The greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on those things hinge everything else. Mm-hmm. And I just love, it, it goes back to, again, I, I can preach this topic of generosity, but um, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Whatever we do for him, it, whatever ways that we serve him, serve his kingdom, serve the people that he loves, it will ultimately benefit us. Um, and so that kind of gets into our, our next question here. Uh, what are some of the benefits of serving a higher cause? Well, I think of Joseph, and of course, he didn't choose a lot of things for his life, mm-hmm. but the fact is he stayed uh, so connected to God in integrity and in service, and even as a slave, he served and he empowered others to succeed, but all of that led to a position and an opportunity that he had to serve Egypt and the surrounding nations, but the bottom line for all of that was he preserved a posterity. Yeah. Everything he did positioned generations to come mm-hmm. to have the kingdom of God manifested in their life. And so when we serve a higher cause, we are positioning ourselves to not only benefit because we're seeking first the kingdom of God, but for our children and our grandchildren and Mm -hmm. our great-grandchildren, for our spiritual children, our spiritual great-grandchildren, you know, individuals we might not ever meet, but what we say and what we do is going to have a great impact in their life. And to me, that is very fulfilling. That is very satisfying. I also think of the greater the cause, the greater the prize. Mm. And if something's not worth fighting for, then is it really worth having? Mm. And I go back to in in John where, well, we all know the scripture verse, John 3, 16, Mm -hmm. for God so loved the world that he gave. He was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to give of himself for the great prize of restoring that relationship back. Yeah. If there's things within your life that are worth fighting for, I believe that there's a great prize uh, that is attached to it as well. And when you're fighting for a higher cause, a, a higher value, like you just said, what is so powerful is that uh, we just focus on giving every day our level best. It's like, I want to make the most of my today because I'll never get today back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never get this moment back in time. So what am I going to do with it? Is it, it, can I make an investment that will cause a greater impact, a ripple effect in lives or in culture or whatever it might be? You know, it, it motivates me to just give my very, very best every day. The truth is, if you're living life, you're going to experience difficulty. Yeah. You're going to experience pain. You're going to experience some level of suffering. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to live for a higher cause because when we have a higher cause, it 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 gives us a strength. It gives us a joy to press through those difficult times. We know that Jesus endured the cross. Why? Because the yeah. joy set before him. And we know in James that it says to count it all joy when you face various trials and temptation, knowing, knowing, what does that mean? It means this is the reason why we count it all joy, that the testing of our faith produces patience. Joy in itself, if you think about it, is really prophetic in nature. Mm -hmm. And so when we can have a higher cause, when we can have a vision and a destiny that God has in our life, it can actually give us strength and it can 
uh, bring motivation and joy when we face. Listen, like I said before, you, everybody's going to face these things, but when you have a higher cause, it gives you that motivation, it gives you that strength, it gives you that joy to press in when those things, when situations become difficult. Yeah. As Jesus is, so are we in this world, right? And I think about the price Jesus paid daily uh, to to serve a higher cause, to serve and do only the things that he saw his father do. But what was so beautiful about that, when it was all said and done, the father gave him a name that was above mm-hmm. every other name. There was reward. There was honor. And even today, he is sitting in the right hand of the father. What an honored place. But you know what he's doing? He's still serving a higher cause because yeah. he's praying for all of us yeah. that we could walk out our destiny and our purpose, that we could be all that God created us to be. And so he is interceding for us. Uh, even though he has been exalted, he has been honored, he still holds that place of service. Mm-hmm. And that really touches my heart. He never stopped giving, yeah. even when he was exalted. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to even, again, that human nature of uh, we're always kind of looking for a way, like, I'm going to work, I'm going to pay my dues so that I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with retirement. It's you know absolutely fine. Um, but I think we sometimes have that, that mentality of I'm going to pay my dues so that eventually somebody else is going to take care of me. And there's nothing wrong with that in the natural, but there is a mentality there that I think can be dangerous when it comes to the, living the ways of the kingdom, because uh, we're looking to say, okay, I'm going to serve for a while and then I'm going to reap my reward. But as you were saying, Jesus never stopped giving. It wasn't like, oh, I've obtained my reward and now it's all about me. No, he is constantly, continually giving. And that is the way of the kingdom. That's the way we're called to live. And I don't think you can do that on your own. I don't think we, um, without him, without grace, without that joy, without him empowering us, I don't think we can do that um, because because then we're doing it by our own strength. We're, we're going to turn it back to self-focused because that is the way of man. But see, all of that comes out of a relationship with yeah. God mm-hmm. because if you think about it, that Jesus... Uh, so wanted to honor the Father. And what happened when he was baptized, the Spirit of God came upon him. And what did the Father say? This is my beloved Son, and I'm so pleased with you. And so he was living Mm -hmm. to honor the Father, but the Father encouraged and empowered him, confirming to him, you're my Son. And I think the thing that motivates and drives me is that I know I'm a daughter of the king. Mm -hmm. And uh, you talked about retirement. You know what? I just despise that word. Uh, because I want to live until I die. You know, I want to give my level best every day and I'm recognizing the older I get because I'm technically past retirement age. Uh, So every day it's like, no, this is my opportunity. I can't waste a day. When I was younger, okay, let's waste a day or two. I've got many years to live. But it's like, no, I don't want to waste a single day because I'm a daughter of the king. And what I do today has lasting impact in lives and in the advancement of the kingdom. Uh, and and the bottom line is it's it's loving the Father and knowing the Father loves me. Yeah. And he loves all the people he's called me to reach. Yeah. Yeah. Making the most of every moment. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say, I think when we're talking about um, this living for a higher cause, sometimes that can come with a with a 
sense of weight or responsibility that can seem so heavy um, to where we feel like we have to take on the weight of the world. Um, And just something that the Lord just spoke to me recently um, was he just reminded me that, you know, that old song, I've got the whole world in his, or he's got the whole Mm. world in his hands. Um, And just saying that he's the one that actually carries the weight of the world. And and his word says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so I just kind of want to get into what it actually looks like to live for a higher cause, because what we're not saying is that we have to fix everything, um, that we have to be this this world-changing vigilante, that it's all on us, the weight is all on our shoulders, um, or that you know if you're not doing something big and something huge to um, fight for a higher cause, then you're not doing enough, because that's, I don't think, what we're saying. Um, so, so can we get into um, what it actually looks like to live for a higher cause in a day-to-day level? Something simple that I was thinking about when when you asked the question was the desire for change. Mm-hmm. Because if you're fine with the status quo or if you're fine with the way things are, there's there's no reason to live for a higher cause. Yeah. But when you desire change, and that could be spiritual, that could be in the natural, that can be in a bunch of different arenas. But when you desire change, even personal. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's it's gonna be above yourself. It's gonna be a higher cause. So I think that's a real key characteristic of those that have a higher cause is they want to see change in whatever area that may be. And you know, Joel, you're doing that in ministry, but you're also doing it in your family. Yeah, for you sure. You want something so much more for your children than what you had. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're investing into them. You're paying a price uh, into into their lives and into their futures so that they can be a success. Mm-hmm. So they can now take their children to a greater level of impact. And when it's all founded upon your relationship with God, then whatever we do on this earth has eternal value. Mm-hmm. When our focus is our relationship with God and our relationship one with another. So I think when when we give our level best today, mm-hmm. and that's all I can do, you know, I can't give what I don't have. I can't uh, take a whole week's worth of work and put it into one day because I want to do <laughs> yeah. that many times. The fact is I can only give my best. Mm-hmm. And when I've given my best, I can rest knowing that my best is good enough to the heart of my father. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I I love the quote by um, Theodore Roosevelt that says, do what you can with what you've got where mm. you are. <laughs> and it just kind of breaks it down to me. That's like a real sigh of relief that I don't have to do all of it. I don't have to do what's beyond my means, but I do have a responsibility to do what I can today uh, with what I have where I am. And so if that is your workplace, okay, how can I be uh, an instrument of justice in my workplace? You know, is there, that could be as simple as choosing not to gossip about someone. That could be as simple as encouraging someone in something that they are good at, at at your job, um, in your sphere of influence. That could be as simple as um, speaking future and hope and life into your child. Uh, It really can be very simple, practical day-to-day things um, that that are living for that higher cause. Uh, So I think it can be those big things. And some people are called to those bigger spaces, but it really can be very simple and very daily and practical. Another characteristic that someone I believe has to have if they're going to live for a higher cause is discipline. (laughs) Not necessarily 
a favorite word of most people and even mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, but I, I think of the scripture where it talks about without a vision, the people perish. And that word perish means to cast off restraint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have that vision, when you don't have that higher cause, yeah. you're just going to live loose. Yeah. When you have that mentality to live for a higher cause, you're going to put restraints on you so that you can do the things that you feel you're called to. I mean, a lot of times, if if you have this goal to run a marathon, you're going to probably going to have to cut out certain foods <laughs> and certain lifestyles that you may have done before mm-hmm. so that you could finish the race. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Sometimes if you want to go somewhere or see change or live for a higher cause, you have to put on some restraints mm-hmm. to accomplish those things. Yeah, I kind of go back to, we'll call it your word, uh, Katie, uh, generous spirit, because the fact is, if we're serving a higher cause, uh, we're going to be disciplined to carry that generous heart. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to focus, and maybe it's because of my age that I say this, but it's not what I'm going to get. I don't need more stuff but what I'm going to give. There's just something greater in giving than uh, than getting to build up my storehouse of stuff. And uh, so I'm like, let's go into the storage, get rid of everything we can absolutely uh, get rid of. If our kids don't want it, let's give it to the community because what a beautiful opportunity we can have to take our stuff and invest it into somebody else. And it's not just what we give in the natural, it's what it does to somebody's heart Mm -hmm. when we are generous. It shows them that they are valuable, that they hold eternal worth to the heart of the Father, and that they too can be one that functions with a generous heart. Mm -hmm. And the more of us uh, on a grassroots level that just apply this principle to every area of our life, guess what? It's going to be contagious because it feels so good to do good. It feels so good to know I've invested into somebody else. And so I think a generous spirit is so, so important. Well, that goes back to living for the moment Mm -hmm. or living for eternity. Are we building treasures in heaven or are we trying to hoard the things that we have now that will eventually... Yeah. Not last. They won't last. They'll they'll burn away. Yeah. And so it's having a mindset of just living beyond the moment where we're at, our present circumstance, but living with the attitude that we're we're aligning with heaven. We're aligning yeah. with the call that God has on our life, living for eternity, not just for the moment. And do you believe in return on investment? Well, you know, in business, that's a big word. Mm -hmm. I want a return on my investment. Well, the fact is you have to make an investment to have a return on investment. So when we're talking about generous heart and all the things you just shared, Joel, it's really powerful to recognize that if I can look at an individual and say a human being is worth my investment, and if I make an investment into that person, then I get to live beyond myself. Mm -hmm. If I invest into my grandchildren or other young people, parts of me, which if it's motivated by the kingdom, 
parts of the kingdom are going to live on in different individuals. And that's that motivates me to want to be a spiritual mama. It motivates me to want to be a mentor. It, it motivates me to say, how can I nurture what is in the heart of someone else? Because if I can direct them towards the ways of the kingdom, I'm impacting their life for eternity. And then if they take what I invest into them and they invest that into somebody else, now we got this reproduction thing Mm -hmm. going on that'll go from generation to generation and from one sphere of influence to another sphere of influence as we're really building and serving a higher cause. And that all comes from a generous spirit, you know, and it's not just in things, it's in heart. Yeah. It's, it's really a win-win. And I yeah. think that the enemy will always try to convince you that it is a win-lose. He did it in the garden. He tried to get Adam and Eve to believe that God was withholding from them. And so they took for themselves uh, rather than going to God, to the source that was going to meet all of their needs. And so when we have the understanding that when we give, it's going to be given back to us, pressed mm-hmm. down, shaken together, running over, um, we're going to be able to live that that life of generosity, that life for a higher cause. I love the scripture that says, uh, when, you re- when you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Yeah. And because I think sometimes we want to keep for ourselves. We want to take and get, we want to, to preserve ourselves when the way of the kingdom actually says by doing that, you're going to reap sparingly. But when you give generously, knowing that your needs are always going to be supplied for, um, then you're going to reap generously. And so when we give to another person, when we serve another person, um, it is going to benefit you. I often go to the example of Sarah in the mm-hmm. Bible um, where she God, gave, God made her a promise that she was going to give birth to a son in her old age. And um, I, I can imagine Sarah being 90 years old, always wanting a son, uh, always wanting a child, never having that that dream fulfilled. And God said, this is your, this is going to happen. And so when she held that promise in her arms, she was tasting the fulfillment of mm. a good God giving to her personally. Mm. But even beyond that, it was blessing the nations of the world. She became the mother of all nations. And so uh, it really, God is giving. And when we know that, we're going to say, yes, I'll do whatever you want because I know I'm going to be taken care of and my world is going to be blessed. I know that you have a lot of um, teachings and you have a lot of thoughts on values. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking how, how a higher cause is really tied to your value system. Yeah, what you value. So can maybe, can you talk just a little bit about that? Because I was thinking it requires a high value of something to sacrifice, you know, what we were talking about, sacrificing, laying down your life. How are higher causes and higher values kind of married together? Well, I think what we value the most really becomes our higher cause. And that's why I was talking earlier about our relationship with God and uh, knowing that we are a beloved son and daughter, Mm -hmm. because if we really value the work of Christ and value all the things um, that he is and does uh, in us, for us, and through us, the more we value it, the more we'll sacrifice for it, the more Mm -hmm. we'll invest into it, the more we are going to treat every aspect of the kingdom as valuable to us. And when I can look at Katie and say, I know Katie really values this, then guess what? If I value you, Mm -hmm. 
guess what? I will also value what you value. And so when I look at the Father's heart and I see what he truly values, then I want to align my values with his values. And Value is very, very important because that is the driver. That Mm -hmm. is the motivator. So if we say, I'm glad you brought that up, Joel, because now you're talking my passion. (laughs) But, you know, Katie, you said, you know, we talked about a generous spirit. Well, unless I can see value in something, I'll never be generous towards it, whether that's a person or the advancement of the kingdom of God or, 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 you know, any promise in the word of God, I have to see value in it or I'll never invest into it. So I can tell somebody they need to invest into something to serve a higher cause, but they first have to have a heart that genuinely values it because you will not invest into anything that you do not truly value. And I know what Melody values based upon the price I pay. If I'm not willing to pay that pay that price, it shows me I'm not valuing it very much. And so there are some, I procrastinate on very little, but what I procrastinate on is because I hate it. I don't value it. I don't want to do it. You know, it's like, why do I have to do this? This is a task I don't want to do because I just can't connect value to it. And there obviously is some level of value or it's connected to some higher level of value that you have for you to do it. Because if you had zero value for it, it would never make the to-do list. It would never make it. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking of like all the paperwork I have to do for my yeah. mom who's in a nursing home. I hate all that paperwork. But, what, but, <laughs> but I what, love my mom. The value is your mother <laughs> yeah. and yes. caring for your mother. So it's it's there on my to-do list. It's like, you know, it's there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have to, but see, I have to connect it to I hire cause to mm-hmm. do the things that I might not even enjoy doing. And that's so that's why a very the, good point. That's why in the kingdom of God, it's the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of self. Yeah. Where Jesus says, if you're going to come follow me, mm-hmm. you're going to deny yourself and yeah. take up your cross. Yeah. So if you're going to value who I am, you got to take the self and devalue that. Now, obviously, we could get real... <laughs> Like, oh, we got to love ourselves, and I get all that. We're not above God. Yeah, we're not above God. Right. Right. And so put our attention on him and think of ourself less. Yeah. And what's so powerful is the more you give yourself, the more fulfilled you are. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I love the scripture. You yeah, know, you try when to we, When we save our the... life, we lose it. Yeah. But when we lose our life for his sake, yeah. we really find it. Yeah, when it. you pursue after the things to meet all your needs and, and it's so self-focused, a lot of times at the end of that road is unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because all that stuff doesn't fulfill. Mm-hmm. It's the thing. It's the thing that drove me to Jesus when I didn't know that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do everything to somehow see value in myself and somehow feel a sense of worth and to obtain something to prove that I might maybe possibly be good enough because mm-hmm. I couldn't believe I was good enough. And uh, so now I know I hold value. Because of who my God is in me, not because of melody, but because of who He is in me, mm-hmm. and it drives me and it propels me uh, to to serve a higher cause. Well, and what you just said, even when you were talking about we won't pay the price if we don't value it, I think the first piece there is we have to see value in ourselves mm-hmm. because I'm not going to pay a price to do anything higher cause until I see that I'm worth it. And so what you mm-hmm. just said is 
You didn't like when I said we needed to value ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I know what you were saying. We don't want to shame ourselves. I agree. When it comes to priorities, we serve God. Yeah, I just, I was like, she's going to get that point in there, making sure that we understand that we don't devalue ourselves. But when we see value in ourselves, then what that does is say, I have something. I can give. And so I think seeing value isn't to say, look how great I am. No, it's I see value of what my God put inside of me so that I can give it to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Because I hold something, I hold something Katie needs, and Katie holds something I need, and Joel holds something that I need. And and I love having dialogue with you guys because I learn so much and I receive so much from what you carry. And because we value one another and we value what God has put in one another. And so that really creates an exchange of life. I wasn't even planning to say that word. It creates an exchange of life because as you're building the kingdom of God, it impacts me. Yeah. And motivates me to build the kingdom of God in a greater measure, which motivates Joel. And you know, and now it it really becomes a catalyst for positive change, not just in a church, not just in a family, but in our culture, in our world, in our community. Because um Charles Finley, and I probably will totally mess this up, but he says, revival brings change in a person, but awakening brings change in a nation. Mm-hmm. And I believe when we serve a higher cause, it goes beyond us to impacting our nation. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, not to backtrack on what you were saying, um, but I think just step one is whoever you are listening is knowing that you have something good to yes. give. I think that's really just an important piece when we're talking about living for a higher cause. It's just knowing that you have something good to give. You 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 do have that value, but wh- what do you have to give? What mm-hmm. do you because you do you have something good to give that we all need? As you were just saying, we all um, contribute towards bettering each other and bettering those around us. And to agree with what you were saying, (laughs) you have to be confident in what you carry if you're going to live for a higher cause. Yeah. Because if you don't value what you carry, you're not going to live for something greater. You know, I, I think of David. I mean, my word, he goes into, you know, he brings food for his brothers. His brothers are irritated with him, you know, and he's just, I'm here for a purpose, right? <laughs> and and if we think, the reason I say that you have to live confidently is because you will confront a lot of status quos in your environment if you're going to live for a higher cause. Mm-hmm. So this kind of goes back to our pioneering episode, but you have to be okay with being misunderstood mm-hmm. if you're going to live for a higher cause. You have to be okay with being attacked and ridiculed and rejected if you're going to live for a higher cause. And mm-hmm. yes, that's why we have to value what we carry. So I want to challenge you that if you're going to live for a higher cause, you have to value what you carry. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, what we carry is what Christ has supplied, mm-hmm. right? So it's not, oh, how great we are, 
but it's relying on what Christ has done in and through us. Mm -hmm. That's what we carry that has so much value. And I think it's important when you said that we all have our own unique lane. We all have to value what we have and recognize that it might be different than somebody else and just be the best version of ourselves. Just bring our very best to the table. Just do what we can do. Mm -hmm. I can't do what I can't do. I can't I can't be what I'm not. So uh, when I when I value what I carry, when I stay in my lane and I give it all and dedicate it all and I put it on the altar before the Lordship of Christ, then then I recognize I'm giving my level best. Mm -hmm. And that's enough because you only can be what God's called you to be. You can't be what somebody else is called to be. And we can't live, I talk about this a lot, we can't live in comparison because otherwise shame will come in and I'm not as good as Katie or I don't do that as good as Joel or whatever. No, I've got, I've just got to be who God's called me to be and allow him to continually work on me because I am still a work in progress and probably will spend all eternity growing and understanding and being aware of what we carry. And we'll probably look back at our life and say, man, you know, that commercial, wow, I could have had a V8. Man, if I would have known that about me, I could have done this. And and uh, not in shame, but when we really see all that heaven is placed inside of us, you know, I think our world is going to be rocked uh, when we see how much the Father has invested into us. Yeah. So just give your best today, because when I give my best today, it empowers me to even not just do more, but be more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would just ask again, just look at your life and say, what do I have to give? Uh, whether that is a skill, whether that is time, whether that is love. You know, you might think, well, you know, I don't, I don't know how to do this even in my family. Okay, well... Do you have love for your children? Do you have love for your spouse? Okay, let that be the motivator. <laughs> let that lead you, uh, and you will be living then for a higher cause. Because you know, where who is the source of love? God. Every time we obey truth, we're building the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Every biblical principle we apply to our life, we're building the kingdom. Yeah. Every time uh, we respond to the voice of the Lord or the word of God or the character of Christ, we're building the kingdom. And it might not seem like it at that moment, but that's what's happening. Because either we're advancing the kingdom of God or we're not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really not you know, let me give you this exegesis on what it looks like to serve a higher cause. No, it's just loving and serving and obeying God and bringing kingdom principles into our everyday life. And we can do that in every sphere of influence. Yeah. When you were talking about comparison, I, I there was a, a quote that was kind of going around Facebook, at least my Facebook feed, but it was, <laughs> and it had a, uh, Uh, Denzel Washington's face on it. I don't know if he said it. You know how those things (laughs) work. (laughs) But it was basic. The basic idea was uh, you'll never be criticized by someone who's doing more than you. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like, if you're going to live for a higher cause, you have to be okay with being misunderstood because obviously you're living, you're you're wanting to see change, right? You're wanting to bring change to a situation. So, if you're going to live for a higher cause, to be around other people that are living for a higher cause mm-hmm. as well, 
Because that's where there is encouragement. Mm-hmm. That's where there is people mm-hmm. there to build you up and to encourage you. Yeah, this this whole thing is very countercultural. So, you know, the way of the world is to live for ourselves. The way of the kingdom is to lay down ourselves. And so you it is going to be countercultural. Um, like you were saying, you're going to come up against criticism or... Um, people who don't understand because the world doesn't understand the ways of the kingdom. That's just the way it is. Uh, that's, that's what Jesus said. Don't try to fit in. Don't think that, um, you know, don't don't um, look down on yourself when they're criticizing you because it's obviously going to happen. You're not going to make sense to the world. And mm-hmm. so as people living according to the ways of the kingdom, are we okay with that? Are we okay with looking different, doing different, being different? Like you said, it's countercultural. Yeah. So when Jesus said, seek ye first, what is he saying? On your list of values, mm-hmm. yeah. put this at the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seek ye first his mm-hmm. kingdom yeah. and his righteousness. Yeah. And all yeah. these things will be added unto you. We mm-hmm. do not, it's not a selfish gospel. It's a very generous giving gospel. Um, and my my big phrase is love has a cost and it's worth it. It's always going to be worth it for you. The scripture, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And that was the parable of the talents, you know, and and those things. But the the servant who was faithful to the master, Mm -hmm. he entered into the joy of the Lord. And one version says, now I'm going to give you authority over cities. So my goodness, there was a major promotion Mm -hmm. just by that servant serving his master. And so we have this amazing honor to serve our God. I'll tell you, there is no way that we will not invest into the kingdom that heaven will not invest into us. Yeah. Um, Let's just go here for just a minute. But for those who are ones who give and give and give and give, and this they they live for a higher cause, this is their motivation. What do we say to the ones who are weary in the well-doing, who are doing the best they can, the best they know to do, and they're just kind of worn out? I think the big thing is stepping back and reminding yourself why you're doing Mm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever lived for a higher cause, lived beyond yourself, sacrificed, you will know that you will always have to remind yourself Mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing. And so if we lose the why, we'll lose motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going back, is this a dream that the Lord has given you? Am I trying to bring change to a system or a a culture that is Mm -hmm. harmful? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing what we're doing? And remember, remember the why. I think that's how you can really regain some motivation is going back and remembering. This is a seed that the Lord's planted within my life. Yes, it's discouraging. Yes, it's disappointing at times, but we have to go back and remember the why. Yeah, yeah. I think that also helps us not to slip into resentment and mm-hmm. um, kind of, um, yeah, I mean, resentment of why am I doing this? Okay, it's all on me. Why is nobody helping? You know, we get into that Elijah, like I'm the only one. There's no <laughs> one else out there. Um, that syndrome yeah. when we forget the cause, when we forget that motivation. So that's really good. I think we have to recognize that there's a fullness of time for everything. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we really live in a microwave society. I'm sure you've heard that phrase where we want everything like right now. And we're so used to getting that. Yeah, uh, it, It's just kind of a part of our, our culture and all the fast food restaurants and all the things we, I mean, I don't cook. If <sighs> If I have to cook, I don't eat. I just have no value for cooking. And so I just get the quick things, you know, the salads that are already made up, open yeah. the bag and I eat it because I want to move fast. I don't want to waste my time on that. But the fact is that's not going to happen in serving a higher cause. Yep. It is day in, day out, uh, giving when we feel like it, when we don't feel like it, because we have not lost our reason why. Yeah. Because our reason for being is why we serve a higher cause. So if I give up uh, serving a higher cause, then I'm losing who I really am. Mm-hmm. And that's not worth it because that that will bring discouragement. That will bring de- depression because who I am is totally frustrated. Yeah. And so I've just got to remind myself, Melody, there is processes. Yeah. I was just talking to a man who's in the whole IT world and he talks he talks to me all the time in processes mm-hmm. and systems. And oh, um, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who, if you're listening, you know who you are. And you have encouraged me so much because it's like every little thing we do ultimately builds where we're going. And um, there is a process. It's not just the first step and then it's there. But in that process, there is trial and there is error or what works and what doesn't work. And and because we are a work in progress, we, we do not hold infinite knowledge. We know the one who does, but we don't hold infinite knowledge or yeah. understanding. And so we have a vision or a purpose and we step out to do that. And then we have to assess that process. Mm-hmm. Knowing if if we're staying on track, there is a fullness of time and we're going to have the results. But is this step in the process, is it producing what it needs to produce? Okay, maybe we need to tweak this. Mm-hmm. You guys are preaching me this sermon all the time <laughs> because I never want to let anything go. And you go, well, you know, maybe we can tweak this process mm-hmm. so that it produces better, you know, and, and you you look at things from a much higher innovator process. Uh, perspective than I do. And so, but that is all a part of ultimately getting to the end goal Mm -hmm. is step-by-step, day-by-day assessing, not just ourselves, but assessing what we're doing and saying, how can we do it better? Is there something I need to add to myself? Maybe a knowledge I need to gain? Or am I spending the time in the presence of the Lord that I need? Or, or, whatever it may be to assess where we're at and say, why do I feel the way I feel? Yeah. And determine what needs to be tweaked, Mm -hmm. what needs to be added, maybe what needs to be removed so that I can stay on course to ultimately get to where God's called me to go. So if you find yourself discouraged, if you find yourself burnout, you know, loss of motivation, I, I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I putting more effort in this thing than I should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a, um, a quote that I heard of, well, I didn't hear from him because it's Abraham Lincoln, so he's been, <laughs> he's been gone for a while, but I saw a quote from Abraham Lincoln. I yeah, got I heard, that joke. I, him, I got that, that joke, Joel. I got that <laughs> joke. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It was just a... Well, he talk, well he, what he said was, uh, 
If I'm being given six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. Mm. And so sometimes we're putting all this energy and effort into the things and we're getting burnt out. Maybe you should just step back and sharpen your axe. And I believe it's, and I think it's in Ecclesiastes 10.10. It talks about if you would just sharpen your axe, you'll have more success. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That is very good. Yeah, when I heard him, when when I heard Abe say that, I was like, <laughs> I said that was good. I put it down on my iPad. Yeah. Well, it stuck with you. Yeah, it did. Yeah, uh, along this vein, I just also rem- remember the scripture that says, "Do not grow weary in well doing, yeah. uh, for you will reap if you faint not." And there are practical things that kind of go with that. Yes, there's the spiritual aspects of. Um, remembering what God has said and sticking with it. I think there's also the soul aspects, which you guys are touching on, of uh, making sure our needs are met, making sure we're giving from a full cup. So like you were saying, sometimes we have to step back. We have to say, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? We have to get our own needs met so that we can give because you can't give from an empty cup. So you have to do that. We also have to have boundaries, making sure we're not picking up a load that doesn't belong to us because that will become very wearying, very frustrating, very quickly. Um, and so kind of assessing, using that wisdom, sharpening the axe of saying, okay, um, have I picked up too much? Have I picked up more than I should be holding? Um, those things are really important to kind of assess while we are living for that higher cause to make sure that we can run the full race with endurance um, and not um, not burn out before we get there. As you were sharing that, Katie, I just thought, man, we are not a one-man show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do this all by myself. Um, and so, we are just better together than we are separate. And so we can't be alone in this journey that God never calls us. I mean, even Jesus, this was Jesus. God manifested in the flesh, right? And he was working with his disciples. Mm-hmm. He was working with those who followed him. It was more than the 12. There were more than the 12 that followed him and and uh, you know served him and invested into him. He did not do it alone. And uh, that's why we have the body of Christ. We're all members in particular, all uniquely woven together. And so we just cannot do this alone because if we isolate ourselves, separate ourselves, and the whole world rests upon our shoulders, that is a burden yeah. none of us can bear. And I think if you're doing it all alone and in isolation, there's probably some other things that are going on that probably need healing. Well, and to go back to Elijah, if you're not familiar with that story, Elijah was a prophet. He had just obeyed God and seen the, these prophets of Baal, these false prophets torn down. And he goes and he goes into a cave and he's having a pity party and he says, I alone am left. No one else is uh, <laughs> fighting this fight. And I love this story because the Lord just kind of says, Elijah, get up. And so I think I know this personally. I know my propensity to when I get overloaded, I say, I alone am left and I go into that pity party. And sometimes it's that conscious choice of saying, get up, go look at other people who are doing what you are doing, who are doing what you want to see done. Uh, And just even letting your mind just see that you are not alone in this thing. You have people around you who are... um, either supporting the same work as you who are supporting you um, because there there are other people 
out there with you. And, and like you said, we cannot do this alone. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves, I am not alone in this fight. There are others um, out there with me. Yeah, when you're alone, it leaves room for deception. And that's yeah. why you need people in your life that that are maybe not going after the same thing, but have a higher cause. Yeah. And they can encourage you. Yeah, definitely. And I think different individuals with different skills, like ones who produce so much autonomously, mm-hmm. might have more of a propensity to do that because they know they have abilities, they know they have talents, and they just got to get in there and get those things done. But when you spend every day, all day long, just pumping out the work, it can feel like you're the only one doing the work. And so I think that's where you go back and say, no, other people are yeah. doing things autonomously and other things, other people. And also for me, you're speaking to me, but for me, it's saying, have I asked for help? Oh, there's, that's a good one. <laughs> because that one will stop me in my pity party tracks very quickly a lot of times. Have I actually asked other people to help? Because as an autonomous person, I'm so guilty of that. I mean, if you're doing it by yourself and it's working, keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If it's not working, you got to reevaluate. It was funny when you brought up the story um, of Elijah, uh, you know, and where you said, like, I'm the only one left, but where did God basically ask the question before that? What are you doing here? (laughs) Why are you here? It's not like God didn't know, but he wanted Elijah Elijah to to think about why he got himself in this place. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if things aren't working in your life, you might just have to say, why am I here? Yeah. Why have I found myself in this place? And then address those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had just come off a major high from a major victory. Yeah. And then you feel like you're on top of the world and it's and it's an adrenaline rush. You know, I mean, it is awesome. We love those moments where we hit that. But then Jezebel comes in and fear grabs a hold of his heart. Well, they're trying to kill him. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there there probably were some justifications for his fear, but uh, I mean, he could have been afraid before, but yeah. you know, he had that yeah. victory. We but, look at these Bibles and stories, yeah. and we're like, oh my word, how could they do that? How could Peter just sink walking on? Like, you're not out there. Yeah. You don't know. Like, can we have some compassion on yeah. these people? The most powerful authorities that yeah. we are after your life. But but really, what drove him there was fear. Yeah. And what fear comes when my needs are not being met. So I think we can just stay uh, and we might. And, you know, I produce a lot alone as well. So I wasn't just talking to you, Katie. (laughs) I know you're really good at that. But, you know, I produce a lot alone. But the fact is, the moment I get into the thought or the fear or the emotion of I'm not producing enough or I'm not getting the results or whatever it might be, then now suddenly I'm feeling hey, this isn't satisfying me. I yep. personally have needs. Maybe my need is I just need to go to bed. Yeah. Yes. Maybe my need <laughs> is to say, I, I don't have to get it done today. I can put this off till tomorrow. So depending on who we are and how we react to life and situations, the fact is when I touch that thing where I have an unmet need, and it might be because of my own actions, mm-hmm. but I have that unmet need, then fear gets in there. And then I do crazy things. Things when I step into fear and I have to go and say, Melody, why are you here? 
And that, I, I, I don't have it in front of me. I'll have to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure in that same story, um, God says, Elijah, go to sleep. And so even the fact that Elijah was in that cave doesn't mean it was a bad thing. But when he was having the pity party, that was when it got twisted. Mm-hmm. Whereas him just needing to recover and recuperate from a long battle was not wrong. But when he slipped into that pity, um, blame, blame, losing focus, losing perspective, that's where it went wrong. And so, yeah, like you were saying, sometimes we just need a nap. Sometimes we just need a good meal. Um, but instead, we don't recognize that need and we try to figure that out inside ourselves and, and it goes wrong. I love it goes back. So what did God give to him in that situation? He said, there's this Elisha yeah, guy. Yeah. And that Elisha guy that came from heaven served him for the rest of his life, <clears throat> not to get that double portion. He mm-hmm. didn't serve him to get the double portion. He didn't even know about that till the very end. But uh He loved him as a father and Mm -hmm. he served him. And so, you know, God gave him really what he needed. And that was for him not to do this thing on his own, but to have an Elisha. Yeah. The power, you know, of partnership, right? Yeah. So you don't want to go on Etsy late at night and find new projects to do (laughs) when you're overwhelmed. Are you so, why why are you looking at me? (laughs) I don't know. I thought you did that. Um, That's a stress relief. Uh, I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> Let's find more projects I could do. It's a oh, part is of that my for brain. you? Is he joking about you <laughs> yeah, and all your creativity? It was a low blow. I admit, I admit. I'm sorry. Uh, there's, Forgive me. There's one more thing I just want to say on this because it is something that motivates me. So I just want to, it's like, my goodness, my God has done so much for me. And there were individuals in my life that have made such investment in my life that I want to be one of those people. Yeah. And so if I really want to impact the lives of others, it will motivate me to keep on giving when I'm tired or Mm -hmm. when I'm disappointed. You know, even if I'm betrayed or even if they walk away, there there is someone, uh, there are individuals that I want to invest my life in. I, I, I've, I've, I'm just driven by that because maybe one little seed can change or impact the trajectory of their life. And that is so valuable. And it's something that personally drives me. Yeah. Yeah. People are worth the investment. Yes, they are. Um, so... We would say live for a higher cause. Yeah. And just a reminder, check out that Everyday Justice course, uh, givinglight.org slash classes. Everyday Justice, it's a free course. It kind of um, sticks along this vein of uh, this topic today. So check that out and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.